Blog Talk Radio. Who are the unstoppable ones? Is it just that they can do it and I can't? Who are the unstoppable ones? Is it just that they can do it and I can't? Mission Unstoppable. Mission Unstoppable. The Unstoppable Ones. You did say unstoppable, right? You did say unstoppable, right? What is it they know that I don't? Coach Frankie Picasso takes you on Mission Unstoppable. Anyone stop these people? Good evening. I am the unstoppable Frankie Picasso, and you are about to go on another Mission Unstoppable. Tonight we're going to go to a place where vision, action, purpose, love, and a bit of magic created a new opportunity for expression and a way for our guide to help other women connect their dots. There comes a time in our lives when most of us ask ourselves the big life questions. Is this it? Is this all there is? Is this who I really am? And who I want to be. My guest asked herself these same questions, and fortunately for us, she found her answer. The recipe begins with a sprinkling of sisterhood, the sparkle of spirit, and a bit of chocolate to smooth the way. What's it all about? Stay tuned, stay close, and all will be revealed. Now, I do want to say that my guest is with me, and I'm having a bit of technical difficulty getting her up, but we are called Mission Unstoppable. So, Wendy, if you can hear me, maybe you can hang up and try to call back again. I'm not really sure what's going on. Uh, I think you can hear, so I'm still trying to get you up and going here, but we're going to carry on, and let's see... Um, So if you are joining us on Tuesday, December the 1st, and you are listening to the live version of Mission Unstoppable Radio, the time is 8 in Toronto, 7 in Chicago, 5 p.m. in Los Angeles, and please feel free to join us either in the chat room or, better yet, call into the show to speak to my guest and voice your opinion. We're still trying to get our guests up and running onto the show. Uh, Let's see here. I'm getting a message at the same time. And the number to call is 646-595-3741. I'd like to thank the good folks here at Blog Talk Radio for allowing me to broadcast over their network, and I'd especially like to thank you, you know who you guys are, every week for tuning in. As I said, I'm still trying to get Wendy Kaplan, who is my guest, on air, and I just, this is, this one, this this has never happened before. Sometimes we have technical difficulties, but I've never been able to not get somebody live on air. Wendy, as I said, if you can, uh, I'm going to see if I can email you. I'm not sure if you can even hear me. I'm going to ask you to um, call back in if you can. Uh, So I know it's dead air, but I'm typing and it's hard to type and talk at the same time. (laughs) So sorry. Sometimes this happens. um, They have technical difficulties in, in BTR because there's so many shows going on, so many people doing so many things. But you know what? We are unstoppable. We're going to continue to be unstoppable. And we're going to try to get our guest up and running here in just a second. It may be that I'm going to call back in. So if all of you promise to stick around for another minute, I'm going to, uh, if I can't get her. Okay. I'm still getting a note from, from BTR here. Something's going on. Uh, I don't know. Can you guys in the chat room hear me? Let me know if you can hear me in the chat room. Just say yes, no, Maybe. That'd be great. Okay, I'm going to call back in. Everybody hang in there, and I'll be right back. Thanks. Bye. Wendy. Hey. Hey, that worked. (laughs) (laughs) I was nervous. I know you were there. I know you were there. Did you hear me? Did you hear? Yes. Yeah, I can hear you. Perfect. Okay, great. So everybody, you're still hung in there. Thank you so much for for sticking around with us, and I'm just going to carry on. How about that? (laughs) Wendy Kaplan is my unstoppable guest this evening, and she is truly impressive. As CEO of Vision Quest Consulting, she has 20-plus years of experience developing, coaching, training corporate leaders and managers. 
She's armed with a master's degree in counseling psychology with a concentration in business management. Wendy definitely has the right tools to help her clients develop in areas of personal and organizational transformation. Couple that with her additional expertise in being part of an elite group of certified master coaches as defined by the International Coach Federation. And, well, Wendy's contribution to her clients is significantly enhanced, and these leaders, executives, and organizations all achieve dramatic results. Wendy's past chairman and a current member of the executive team of the Executive Coaching Summit, a worldwide network of senior executive development experts who are responsible for researching and integrating best practices in the field. She's also a founding member of the International Consortium of Coaching in Organizations, which creates a global dialogue and research community dedicated to excellence in organizational coaching, and she was recently nominated, congratulations, for membership in the exclusive National Association of Female Executives. Now, after working 20-plus years in the human resources, marketing, and sales, personal mastery, and organization effectiveness arenas, Wendy awoke one morning to ask herself the same question that many of us have asked ourselves, what's next for me? What is it? What am I all about? And is this all enough? So on that note, please welcome uh, the magic woman, Wendy Kaplan, and we'll explain more about that in just a minute. Good evening, Wendy. Good evening, Frankie. <laughs> Sorry right. about the rocky start, but you know it's what? It's all good. That's what keeps us all unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting through those rocky starts. It it truly is. And I want to thank everybody in the chat room, too, who, who, who stuck around with us. Thanks again so much for that. Um. Wendy, I suppose the obvious question is, uh, why do people call you the magic woman? <laughs> I didn't even tell people about your magic stuff. but uh. Oh, well, we haven't started that yet. Well, I um, started an organization a few years ago in 2006 called the Magic Parties. And so the uh, name the magic woman just sort of started uh, to rumble around as a result of beginning that community of women who gather together to support each other in figuring out the answer to, is this it, and what am I going to do next with my one precious life? Well, you know, let's, let's, I want to take that little thread, and, and I'm going to weave it all the way back to little Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> little Wendy when she was a little girl, um, and say, what did you want to be when you grew up? And did the magic parties on that fateful August morning uh, have anything to do with anything you thought about back then? That's a great question because sometimes our um, dreams and our imagination when we're a child are great clues for our adult lives. Um, When I grew up uh, and was really little, um, I um, I always wanted to be a teacher. And so I'm still teaching in different ways. I'm a coach, I'm a consultant, I'm a... um, you know, helping people figure out their gifts and talents and what to do with them and yeah. helping them develop, you know, leadership skills. And all of that really comes under the category of uh, being a teacher in some way, shape, or form. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing I dreamt about was um, being on television. So, oh, great. I saw a bit of your TV show, and you're doing that now. So. Yeah. <laughs> yep. we, yeah, we've just been doing that for about seven months. But... When I was five years old, I was on a local television show in the Massachusetts area called Bozo the Clown, for anybody who's listening. (laughs) I remember Bozo. (laughs) And I remember walking onto the set with my girlfriend, Holly Rafkin, who was four, and I was five. And I remember sitting on the bleachers where kids sat to be as part of the audience, and thinking, this is very cool, I like it here, and was fascinated by all the sort of behind-the-scenes stuff that you could see while you were sitting as a kid, you know, in the audience. So from a very early age, I've sort of dreamt of television as well in some way, shape, or form. So did you play teacher with your girlfriends? Oh, yeah. Didn't every little girl teach her or not? That's when you imagine, yeah, but when you imagine teaching, like, what did did you have? Like, was it high school? Was it you know kindergarten? What what did you see yourself teaching? Yeah, I don't really yeah, know. All of that. I've I've always been. Um, I taught elementary school when I first started my career, uh, graduating oh. from college, and um, 
every almost every job I had leading up to graduation was working with children. So oh. I was a counselor at a day camp starting when I was, I don't know, 14 years old and um, then moved to overnight camp and worked at a couple of overnight camps and uh, through college, actually. So I've always, and taught Sunday school, so I've always worked with children. I don't work with children anymore. Um, no. I, no. Yeah, I left teaching after four years, um, and which shocked me, actually, because all I ever wanted to do was to teach. And so what precipitated that change? Recess. Uh, you had to do recess duty? <laughs> recess. I was on recess duty one day, and in my third year of being a school teacher, and um, I was the teacher that stood in the door that when the bell rang was ushering in the kids. And I remember standing in the doorway and sort of waving my arm to, you know, welcome the kids back into the building. And I had this flash, this like intuitive, visionary flash. I would describe it now that way. And I saw myself 35 to 40 years in the future, standing in the same doorway, doing the same hand movement, welcoming the kids back in from recess. And I thought, there is no way that I can do this for the next 35 years. We've got a caller here, and I'm just going to check and see if they want to just hang on to listen or if they want to ask you something. Hang on. Okay. Let's see. Hello there. Um, you got the same area code, actually. Did you want to hang on, or did you want to say something to Wendy? Yeah, I'm listening right at the moment, and uh, I might comment or ask a question later. Thank you. Okay. Well, I'm going to put you back. I'm going to put you back on uh, on hold here, and I'll check back in with you. You can maybe tap in the in the chat room if you want to say something. How's that? Thank you. Excellent. Great. So, how scary was that for you, Wendy? You know, you know, changing career. That's what you wanted to do your whole life. You spent. You know, you went to college, you spent four years doing this, and now, you you, you know, were you married at the time? Uh, no, single, 24 years so old. So you didn't have to ask anybody's permission or anything? <laughs> no. Hey, I got to quit no. my job. Wow. But it was, it was uh, very scary and very shocking. And I've made, an, I imagine like many people, especially nowadays, mm-hmm. I made have made multiple career changes. And I think... Men, you know, in the olden days, whenever that was, people picked mm-hmm. a career and stayed mm-hmm. with it their whole lives. And I don't think that's true anymore. I don't know anybody who has No, I don't know anybody who who did that either. Yeah. And, no. and, I, and, and I think that's kind of a good thing. I don't think it's neither good nor bad. I think it's just whatever works for each person. Um, you know, I don't know too many doctors who leave the field. I know a few lawyers. I mean, there's a few occupations yeah. that I could imagine people stay in for almost their, you know, their working lives, dentists, doctors, lawyers. But I don't, but lawyers, I don't think so, so much anymore. Um, so I think, well, I think a lot of people, if they get honest with themselves, if they get honest and they say, you know, I really don't like this, even though, you know, being a doctor is a great thing, but a lot of people became doctors because they were expected to be doctors. Um, it, it's kind of, you know, not exactly, the, the, like you said, a profession that you leave, but maybe there's a lot of pressure to it. It's, it's hard on marriages. It's, you know, yeah. you spend a lot of time. Yeah, uh, I have a brother, you know, head of emergency medicine. So it, it's not always the easiest um, place to be. I also but, you know, if you love it, love it, love it, great. But if you don't, boy, yeah, the opportunities I, are there. Yeah, and I agree with you on one hand. And I'm in the business of helping people figure out, you know, what they're best at and how to use those gifts and talents. And I often say it's a privileged conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I have, I know many people who don't have, well, not like everyone doesn't have choices, but who work in a mill or who work in a factory and who mm-hmm. make enough money to support their family as much as they're able to make and barely get by. And it's really not even on their radar screen to think that anything else is possible. So in some ways, I think it's a privileged conversation. Well, you know, I, I, and I, I, can I can I respectfully disagree a little Absolutely. bit? Absolutely. <laughs> and the reason I say that is because people um, who may be working in that factory or may be working in jobs that that um, you know are are difficult and it's hard because they're so demanding. It's kind of hard to see other things. We tend to forget that the skill sets that we do learn in those jobs are transferable, and you can do other things like a waitress, for instance. 
you know, I've always said to waitresses, boy, you know, you've got great time management skills. You really, you know, you you can uh, multitask. You can uh, there's there's lots of different um, areas in that job and, and skills in that job that that transfer well to other kind of customer service absolutely. organizations. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But it's it's not it, it's not have not just courage, but having the the vision, like your vision quest, or having the um, just the imagination to say, you know what, I can do something else with this. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So I remember, um, I think it's on your website, I think you talk about loving business, being with the guys and your dad and, and all the yeah. bogeys. How, let's talk about that. So so what was this love of business? That you know, what was, was it? Just like you like to hang with dad. You love dad. Dad was your. Oh, I do love dad, of course. Yeah. And we all love dad. <laughs> yeah, we all love our dads and our mummies. And yeah. um, both of my parents were entrepreneurs. And my mother owned a women's clothing boutique when I was younger, and um, in high school. And my dad had a family business before it went under. Um, with my grandfather and his brother. So they owned a, uh-huh. uh, and ran a leather tannery. And so our family dinners were very, you know, after the dinner was over, the men went into the, you know, another room in the den and talked about business. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I just loved listening to it, loved listening to how you manage the people and how you manage the business and what it takes. And um, I was always mesmerized by the um, by the amount of complexity it took to manage a business. And now, your dad said something. You, you mentioned that your dad said something pretty smart about managing people, and and I want to ask you what that was in just a second. But I, it was really interesting for me because my father also owned a company, and when I went through the factory with my dad. Everybody, he knew everybody by name too, and everybody, they just loved him, loved him. And it really says a lot about his management style, and I think it says a lot about your dad's management style too. Yeah. I what did your dad that. say to you? Um, he, as we were walking through the factory, and he was saying hello to everyone, and it's funny, you know, it was a million years ago, and I mm-hmm. can still remember it very clearly um, walking through the factory hallway. And I said, Daddy, how do you know everybody's name? Do you know everybody here? He said, yes, I do. And I said, well, how do you know everybody? And he said, it's pe- the people manage your business, and so it's important to care for your people. And if you care for them and you're kind to them, they will do a better job and they will like their job better. And I thought, wow. That's yeah. And, that's, and that still holds for me, of course, today. Yeah, yeah. So when when you when you when you quit your job as a teacher, um, did you have a next step already planned? Did you go back to school? Like, how did you yeah. know what you wanted to do? I I didn't. And so, like many people, um, which is really like my television show, is helping people to try to figure out where are the clues in your life. You know, a little bit what we mm-hmm. were talking about before, mm-hmm. and how do you act? You know, how do you notice them? How do you act on them? What do you do about them? So. Um, I had no idea. I just knew I didn't want to stand in the same doorway at recess. Yeah. And so, well, like many people I've interviewed years and years ago, um, all I knew is that I was really, I loved children, and I was really good at what I thought was working with people, along with you know, four million other people in the world. But yeah. I had a talent, I thought, or a gift for gab and a gift for caring about people. And so, and I thought I was a pretty decent teacher. So I um, it, I think it was, uh, well, coincidental, and maybe there's no coincidence. So right. I had every one of my girlfriends worked in business. And when I had all this vacation time and the entire summer off from teaching, I actually was bored to death. And now, to have that kind of time off, I would really appreciate. But... Then, being young, no, there was nobody to hang with, absolutely yeah. nobody. And so, and they were making three times as much salary. Oh, and really? I thought, wow. Yeah. So I thought, well, maybe I should work in business. So I can't teach children in business, but 
I know how to teach, so maybe I could teach adults. And I was young enough and stupid enough to believe at that point that anything that would, could be possible. You can teach kids, you can teach adults. Sure. And so I went back to school and um, got a master's in counseling psychology because I was really interested in counseling and figured, well, maybe there's something I could do with that in business. Mm-hmm. So that was the first step that I took. And then ran into roadblocks. So I'm in my graduate master's class, and every every single person in my program is going into mental health or social work. And that really wasn't, it seemed like going into teaching sort of in a different kind of venue. I know. I did the same thing. <laughs> you did? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was uh, I did a I was like in photojournalism and 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 also psychology sociology and like I couldn't decide between the two fields. I'm like people, you know, it's all people, it's helping people but in different ways and exposing things and you know it was tough. But yeah, social work I didn't want to be in social work. Yeah, and I didn't want to be in mental health either. And so yeah. I went to my advisor and I said, you know, I really love what I'm learning, but I don't think I'm in the right place. Because I think these skills, although I don't know anything about business, I think these are skills that could be used in business. And really, I was just tunnel-visioned about this business thing, even though I really didn't know anything about it except for my friends who worked yeah. in different well, And your dad. He had a love of business. That's true. Me. Yeah, that's true. So um, my advisor said, well, nobody you know, majors in business with counseling skills. They major in mental health or social work. And I said, well, what I'd like to do is uh, have a combination degree, and I'd like to take core courses from your MBA program and core courses from this program and put them together. He says, oh, we don't do that. And I said, well, I think I'm going to do it anyway. So I really like it here, and I'd love to do it here. And if I, you think I really can't do it here, then I think I'm going to have to go somewhere else to finish my degree. So he said, well, you know, let's try a pilot. And Years later, they have a formal program. So. Sure, organizational psychology. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah, yeah that's exactly. funny. That yeah. is, that's just great. I love it. <laughs> so you know, you never, you never know exactly what's going to happen. And, and, you know, that's a really good lesson for everybody who's listening because, you know, you cannot take the no's because those people don't know. They don't know what they don't know. And if you have a passion and you find that you want to do something, you do it. So you trailblaze. Who cares? You know, you're a trailblazer. So good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important to stick to your guns. And sometimes yeah. it doesn't work out exactly the way you think it should or would, and so you just keep tweaking it a little bit. Did you ever job shadow with any of your girlfriends? Did you ever go to work with them and no. say, mm, I don't no, know what I want? That would have been, been a really good idea. I no. did that um, after my accident. Uh, I was working with a lawyer, and, and he said, God, you'd be great at mediation. And I, and I, had, I had taken some mediation. And um, so I said, yeah. He goes, well, I know a top mediator. Why don't you go and work with him for the day or whatever, which I did. And and I thought that was really kind of cool. After After I had my kids and I went back to work, um, I had gone to a college course that was career planning for women, and um, I got all of them their job shadows during that time. And I thought, well, that's yeah. how I do that. And and I thought that was neat because if you don't know what you want to do, or you don't, or you think you want to do something, but you don't really know the industry, like television, or you know, I, I did event management. Um, it was kind of interesting to have your eyes open by working in the field for a couple of days, mm. seeing what it really absolutely. Was. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a fabulous idea. And it's a great way to break into something new yeah. and to see if you like it. Like my sister's an interesting example. She um, she decided she, well, she didn't really know what she wanted to do. Really, if she could have done what she wanted, she would have been an artist because she she's just so talented and she loves oh, to paint wow. and draw. And she Lucky her. Oh, I know. She's so talented. But she didn't think she could make a living at it. And she tried some different things. And so... Um, she went for a graduate degree in architecture to Rhode Island School of Design, which is really a fabulous school to go to for um, for architecture and um, to be an architect. And mm-hmm. she went to school, got a degree, was an architect for a couple of years, and hated it, hated it. And so she said, well, I guess that's not good. So then she went and got a master's degree in speech pathology and graduated with that and then became a speech pathologist and then figured out. So 
that's a long way to go about it. It's a long way, and it's so there's so disparate and expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, no so. education's wasted. So <laughs> no, that's true. And she did find something that she loved. It just was, um, I think, a, a, a tough road to hoe. For sure, for sure. Yeah. I'm just gonna see if this gentleman wants to say anything yet. Okay. Hello there. Did you want to say anything yet? Uh, sure. Sure. Uh, Wendy. Uh, my name is Chris. I'm, I'm calling up. What do you attribute your ability to be successful in several different venues? Why is it do you think that you're successful and others may not be success, successful when changing careers? Well, let's see. Um, well, I think, well, if success is defined in this case, Chris, by changing careers, then yes, I've definitely done that. So I have uh, an unending belief that anything is possible and that I could be one of those people to have whatever it is I'm aiming for. And I have tunnel vision. Like I wasn't, it took me, I don't know, thousands of phone calls and thousands of no we are not going to hire an elementary school teacher to work in our business setting, uh, and months of sending out resumes and calling. And yes, I had days where I was discouraged, but I always believed that I would be able to make the transition. So I think it's belief, I think it's vision, I think it's tunnel vision, I think it's persistence, never, never giving up, knowing when to cry uncle and not crying too soon especially if you believe in it strongly. So, That's a good question. You, Did you want to, is there something that you're trying to change in your life? Uh, not really. What I what I often hear is uh, people making changes and then they wind up in a venue that's unsuccessful for them. And either they don't know how to climb back or they go on uh, and keep trying a number of things and, and keep flailing. And I'm wondering what makes what makes a person successful, I guess, uh, trying different ventures, and while many others seem to fail, like 80% of small businesses fail, uh, startups fail. Mm-hmm. So what's the success formula? I guess, you know, I guess there's no one success formula, but I'm looking for your opinion on what do you think is the success formula. Well, what, what was it for you? Frankie, do you have anything you want to add to that? Well, I think, I think um, first of all, I, I, I agree on the belief because every time I've changed careers or done something, it was always on the belief that I knew in my heart of hearts that I could do this. Just knew it. It was mine. It, it was like I owned it. So I think that's, that's one really key ingredient um, to being successful. The, the other is, like you said, to stay unstoppable. You have to be focused and you need to... Um, doggedly, you know, um, just, just keep at it and, and don't, um, don't listen to the, the naysayers. Surround yourself with positive people. And it, it's very, you know, a lot of times you'll have friends and family who will tell you to give up. Just, you know, forget it. Just give up. And, and a lot of times their fears are because they're afraid of how their life will be impacted when you succeed. And so you want to make sure that the people who are surrounding you, like attracts like, make sure that those people, you're around success. And you know what success feels like. Wendy was successful as a teacher. She successfully completed school, so she knew, she knew what success felt like. And all she needed to do was transfer that feeling of success to doing something else. That's my thoughts anyway. I I think the other thing that I would add is that, you know, what is success? Mm -hmm. So for my sister, just to use her as an example, she tried for a while to to be an artist and sell her paintings, and so that didn't work out to give her a full-time income, but now she's a speech pathologist um, teacher, and Mm -hmm. she had lots of summers off and vacations and she would paint and draw then so she didn't end up doing it for a full-time career but she did it i don't know for a hobby or part-time so it doesn't have to be a full-time endeavor 
You know, sometimes we do something to make our income, and then we do something else, I don't know, to fill our hearts. And I believe that success is is relative, and it it depends on people's own definition of success. And if success is just making a living, then it's up to that individual to decide how much is enough. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then it raises the question, what is enough? Yeah. What is enough? Yeah, what is enough? But in in you know in 2006 you started magic parties for for women who um, were asking themselves you know is this it is, is there more and and women are often you know in a, in a position where we're the caregivers and we're doing so much for everybody else that that we often give up our own dreams for those that we love um, because it helps them <coughs> yes so, so you know I can understand. Um, Maybe they haven't found themselves or they, they know exactly what it is that they want to do, but they need that support to get there that they wouldn't have from, from those in their family. I think So let's talk about magic parties yeah. a little bit. Did we answer yeah. your question? Um, yes. Yes, thank okay, you very great. much. Thank you. Thanks for, Thanks for sticking around. We appreciate it. So, Wendy, um, you, you had this, you know, you woke up and you go, ah. Oh. Where did it go from, from that morning, that fateful morning to – it becoming magic parties. How did that evolve? That line of well, thinking evolved. Um, it was sort of like the other um, ch- career change from teaching into uh, working in human resources in a corporation, where I had sort of a moment, you know, a recess moment. So I had a recess moment a few years ago with magic parties, and very much like the teacher story I told a few minutes ago, it was very mm-hmm. much the same in that um, my life was great. You know, there was nothing I could point to that was out of sync or wrong. My kids were good and healthy. My marriage was good and solid. And um, my life was great. And there was something that just, I felt restless in some mm-hmm. way. I felt there mm-hmm. must be something more there must and it was no accident probably that I was in uh, midlife so this happens yeah. typically to people not just women but people in yeah. their yeah. 40s 50s I think restless 50s. is a great word for midlife it I is think it helps a lot yeah, yeah. and yeah. inner restlessness that you can't really put your finger on but I just met a woman last night that um, we had our first magic parties girls night out and the topic was relationships and -hmm. i was talking to this woman during break and i said well what do you do and she was telling me about her job and um i said well do you like what you do she says i do but i'm thinking i you know this is not what i'm doing for work is not really leaving a legacy that i think i'm capable of and i'd love to explore it further so i think that was true for me i love my consulting business is 22 years old i've got a boutique firm. I have 30 people working for me in the corporate leadership arena doing coaching and training, and um, it's a very solid business, and I love it. And so there was not, you know, there was nothing wrong with my business, and mm-hmm. yet I felt like if I was going to make the mark, I felt like I was capable of making, even if I didn't know what it was, that I might as well start now. Mm-hmm. So that's what started my um, being able to articulate my restlessness, and I thought if I was feeling that way, probably other people were feeling that way. And what if we gathered together and talked about it? Maybe we could help each other. So, how many people are feeling that way? I mean, I know people are feeling that way, and I don't know if they always hear the call. I don't know if they recognize what it is that they're feeling. But for for magic women. You're reaching women, and um, are they mostly midlife women? They're in their 40s, 50s, and 60s mostly. Yeah, yeah. Some are younger. Makes total sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and so they've heard the call. They know the universe is calling and saying, okay, it's time. Because, you know, we talked about my book. Um, it's a, I think that midlife is a time we emerge as our true self, as the person we're supposed to be. So this personal development... Um, they get together. So what is it? It looks like it's an organization. It looks like it's something that you join. Um, yep. There's different levels of, of membership. Is it just? Is it another word for coaching? Is it something more than that? What, what, what know, it, take us through I, a party, yeah, <laughs> a party so, woman. 
we run we run different kinds of events. So we have retreats around a particular topic. So we had last summer, we have a summer retreat and a fall retreat. And okay, great. It's usually around a topic. So last summer's retreat was around the topic of intuition. And so we had uh, a couple of speakers come, presenters, as well as myself, that talked about how you access your intuition and all the different ways we hear, feel, sense, you know, the messages around us and what to do with that. And we had so much fun exploring. So at our retreats, we have pajama parties, we have potluck dinners, we had a bonfire, that wow. we had an evening program around. It's a very cozy, yummy, fun, deep event. So it's uh, an evening and a day long. And then we just finished a, a month ago our fall retreat, which is called a Women's Escape, and it's a weekend in the fall. Our next one is November next year. And we have multiple speakers who come who help women to awaken into the woman they are yet to become. And so there's all different kinds of uh, topics this year. Mm-hmm. I'll see how much I can remember. Um, we had a panel that talked about the passion and the puddle. So the great news about following your life purpose and your passion and mm-hmm. the stuff that people don't talk about that isn't so hot and that everybody goes through. Yeah. So so we had that. We had finding your finding your purpose, finding your passion and purpose. We had um, someone come to talk about natural breast health and thermography. And oh, great. Had, uh, that was fabulous. And we had someone else come to talk about foods to keep you happy, healthy, and sexy. And she cooked for us and gave us recipes. It was just great. Was oh, fabulous. wow. So we're very... So, so you're really feeding the soul. The, the, it, it's a holistic approach. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And our tagline is kind of cute, sisterhood spirit in a little chocolate. Yeah. So I understand that chocolate makes its way into each event. Of course. <laughs> Women and chocolate. Is there any other way? <laughs> and women always say, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to eat that. It's, you know, too many calories. I'm not going to eat that. And by the end of the evening or the program, it's all gone. Yeah, of course it is. And, you know, it was funny because as I was looking through this, and I'm just going to bring our gentleman back for one second. Are you still there? I He's am. still there. <laughs> as you as you heard this, you're going, okay, that's for women. Did, do you wish that something like this for guys? Could men no, benefit no. from a, a different kind of program to, to help them? Uh, you know, I actually, I, I actually do. I actually yeah. do. I, I think that's a very astute observation. Uh, you know, men, I don't know what the numbers are, but they're, they're as high as they are for women with breast cancer, and men get prostate cancer all the time. Yeah, and yeah. And men don't discuss those issues with other men. And, uh, they just How could they, though? If, if if men were to get together, what would make men, men have to come an event that place. men would share? How could we get them to share? And it needs to be a safe environment. So the, the men that were brought up in the 50s and 60s with old tapes, they need to know that it's okay to have those kinds of discussions and that they are not the powerful Oz and they can... Uh, hurt and they can have emotions and I think what you're doing with women it sounds really great and uh, I only wish that we had that for men and maybe it exists and I just don't know about it uh, but, but what, would, I, what do you think the magic ingredient would be for men like you know you get a bunch of guys together they're, 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 they have well, to posture I'll, a little bit so how well, would you break down the barrier well I think uh, you know, the, well, lots of men have different stereotypes about different things. So mm-hmm. it depends what kind of environment. So if it turned out to be uh, too woo-woo, let's call it, or too, quote, spiritual for uh, guys, who are not, guys who are not used to dealing at that level yeah. of spiritualness, that's a challenging thing for many men in society. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I think it's like maybe steps. Oh, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I totally agree. That's why I'm asking. Men, you'd have to start like, you know, let's do the annual softball tournament for guys uh, retreat or something. And then if you start off like that, then you could introduce slowly over time and educate men. Men are very uneducated 
about their own health and yeah. about their own spiritualness, and they die a lot younger than women, and I think it might help with their longevity if they had some balance in their life. Many just don't know how to do it, and they were trained to not do it. Men were trained to be strong and stand up and get mowed over if that's what you have to do. So it's a wonderful thing that women can communicate on that level, and I wish I could see that for men, you know, without being accused of being too sensitive, you know, like, you know, because I'm interested in what you're doing doesn't mean that I'm gay or that I'm bi or that I'm any of those other labels that people put on us. It doesn't matter whether you are, but a lot of men even have that stigma. So it's a challenging environment for many men. It really is. But I admire very much what you're doing, and that's why I'm listening. Thank you. Wendy, (laughs) have you thought about doing anything for men? Well, you know, a lot, first of all, every, in the beginning, every woman who came to an event said, could I bring my husband, you know, before they realized this was just going to be a woman's thing. Yeah. In the beginning, we weren't really sure if we were going to be just women or, it started off just women, but it sort of ended up in that direction. But in the beginning, um, it wasn't, you know. We One of our faculty members was a guy for the first year and a half. So, um, so I've heard, and when I talk about it, I he- often hear men say, well, I wish there was something like that for us, but mm-hmm. somebody else is going to have to do that. <laughs> I think I'd like to do that. <laughs> well, there you go. I think I'd like to do that. Well, you know, I, 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 but I wonder the women who are coming, how um, how supportive are their men and and. If they're not, what are your, what are the challenges, and, and how are they changing them? Well, first of all, I would say there's no changing men, uh-huh. <laughs> and the conversation ends there, really. <laughs> so I think the only here's what we discussed last night. We had a great girls' night out. We talked about relationships, and one of the things we talked about is when you're disgruntled or dissatisfied with a relationship in your life, the place to look is actually in your own sneakers. Mm -hmm. You know, who are you being in that relationship that causes you to feel the way you're feeling? So often we think, well, it's because, let's just take a marriage or a partnership for a Mm -hmm. minute. It's because my spouse or my partner is being an idiot or Mm -hmm. being, you know, fill in the blank. It doesn't matter. But what we notice is it's because we're that way. Yeah, we're you know, the mirror. Right? We know, what we notice in others is usually true about ourselves. And so yeah. what we decided last night, well, it's not like we didn't know, but what we discussed <laughs> yeah. is, is how much we really need to look inside of ourselves for our own happiness and mm-hmm. not be relying on people outside of us for that. Yeah. yeah. But the, the the actual, um, I'm sure that they that these women come to parties and they go, oh, you know, my husband won't babysit my kids, so I can't go to school, or, um, you know, I just don't have the help at home, or he won't, and 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 so they they feel challenged by the the lack of support. You know what? I have not heard that. Not even. Oh, before. really? Wow. Well, I guess they're a little bit older. Yeah, they're like forty. But they do have many of the women, like um, a couple women last night, had kids as young as four. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. And, and and so what about what about well you know I'm coming to this day my husband has to make you know his own dinner. <laughs> you know? I don't know. You know there are women who yeah. make their husbands dinner before they go out. You know yeah. before they feel yeah. comfortable and not guilty about going out, they make their husbands dinner. And um, I've you know I'm ashamed to say I've never done that. And in our house we have an expression each each man for himself. So if I'm going out, I say, honey, each man for himself. I have to go out to a meeting or I'm going to a magic party or I'm going to a girls' night out. And, yeah. you know, women last night said to their husbands, oh, take the kids out for pizza. I'm going out tonight. Good so, for them. I don't Good know. for them. Seems to be okay. And maybe the ones who don't come are the ones who are struggling by, you know, to get permission or to yeah. go out. I don't know. So how, how many um, women are involved now in magic parties? About 500 have come through wow. uh, over the past few years. And um, how, how long do they stick around for? I don't know. Uh, that's a good question there. Um, we have women who come back. We have women who just love our summer retreat and just come to that. 
We have okay. women who love, you know, the different things that we do. So some women come to like everything they can come to if their schedule allows, but we do a lot of things, so not everybody can come. And we have women who come as far as California and Colorado and wow. uh, Chicago and Florida. So, so, so just to, to get back to the, the the program, you have you have retreats and, and women can go to those, but you also have, um, I guess, are they home parties or you develop leaders, people, women yes. who can host parties or you teach them yes. to, to be leaders. How does yes. that work? Out? How does that yep. work? Well, it's really explained in a lot of detail on our website, but basically we um, have a program to help women become circle leaders of their own women's circles. So we have a training guide for them and training and coaching to help them if they want to run their own women's group. And we show them how to make part-time income doing that. And so it's a whole program. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so could somebody do that full-time and make money with it, or is this something that they would do on the side? Um, I think um, there's possibilities. So if you just ran one group and you decided to only do it with 10 women, that mm-hmm. would be very part-time income. If you decided to do this in a, a bigger way, you could have multiple groups. You could have groups around particular subjects matter areas like women who I'm making this up but women who are divorced or women who are looking to make a career change or women who are nurses or or in the medical field so you could specialize your women's circle by topic and Mm -hmm. um, you could have multiple ones going at the same time and I think if you had the volume you could make a decent living are you like weight watchers in a way that that you you have central support but each group um do, do topics come through for all the groups the same kind of topics, or do they figure out their own stuff? No, we have a we have a manual, and so it's it guides them through. Here's what you do at your first women's circle. Here's what you do at your second one. We give them exercises. There's games. There's activities. There, it's very it's like a women's circle leader guide for dummies. It's uh-huh. very simple, <laughs> and after and it lasts a whole year. The trainer's guide oh, is enough activities for an entire year. And the leaders at the end of that year, they must have grown significantly. Sometimes they are women who have never facilitated it at all and don't have any experience, and that's just fine. You don't have to have experience really to do this. And so it is a learning experience. And I think more than anything, um, and this is true for my corporate business as well as for Magic Parties, helping people to figure out how – they can use their gifts and talents and how they can develop themselves is very rewarding. Yeah. You know, oh, you're in the same yeah. business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely it's rewarding. Yeah. I think it's just great. I think it's great what you've come up with. It. And, and the the products that you sell, do they um, – you have a found, don't you have a charity? We do, we do. We have a foundation. We have a nonprofit, which we've just formally – formed uh, last month. Called, what's it called again? It's called the Wing Print F- uh, Foundation. Wing Print. Wow. Wing Print. Angel Wings, Wing yeah, Print. Yeah, how great And the 100% of the pr- profits from our products go into the Wing Print Fund. And the, and the fund is, the f- is to help women's organizations throughout the world that touch our hearts in some way that need financial or emotional um, or interpersonal support. Wow. So um, we've, we sponsor a woman survivor of war in Afghanistan. We mm-hmm. give money on a regular basis to heal the Heal Breast Cancer Foundation. So, One of mine is VBF. Do you, do you have anything to do with that one? No. What's it mean? It's um, vesivaginal, uh, vesicovaginal, um, oh, jeez, what's Fistula, that's the word, fistula. And it's, it's women, younger women, um, especially in places like Afghanistan and, and, and Darfur and places like that, Nigeria, they, they have babies early, and the womb isn't, um, the uterus isn't, isn't large enough to, for them to expel the, the, the fetus. So um, because there's nobody there to do a cesarean, oftentimes the baby dies in, in utero. And then that they have to wait a few days to a week 
in order to um, for that baby to atrophy and yeah. and become and expel during that time the um, between the rectum and the bladder a, a hole is created because from the acid and um, after the baby comes out the they have a leak and and they smell and so usually what happens is the the village says goodbye the husband says goodbye they have so now they have no support they've got oh, no work got no family no nothing yeah they there's surgery that can be done and in um one of the, when when I was in when I was teaching coaching one of my students who uh he was a medical officer with um mercy ships and they would do surgery um if they came in they could do it and and there's some medical medicine that could be available to kind of help clear it all up but it needs to be done. That's probably you know somebody has to f- be able to afford it and send and, and get to these women and give them the surgery. And then you know they, they can go back home and life can start over again for them. But it, it, it's it, it's not um, uncommon, and it is horrible. It is really horrible because not only did you lose your baby, you lost everything. Yeah, everything. You know. So that's kind of my pet pet one. But hmm. yeah, well, there's lots of we there are have a board of a board of. Uh, we now have a board of directors, and so we're going to be raising money and doing fundraising, and so um, it's going to be a you know a, lots of other places where we can give. Well, you're really changing the world, Wendy. Good for you. Aww, you know, uh, five people. You know, all you have to do is help five people. Five people help five people, and 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 it grows exponentially. It's it's pretty amazing. Sort of like that pebble in the pond thing, you know. You it never is, know yeah. And, and some of your products are really cute. You've got a, a wand, a magic wand. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's real fun. That's real fun. Yeah. And you got a purse, um, a bag, and yep, a t-shirt, and yep. uh, well, you got a purse, like a purse gem kind of thing. I think. Yeah. Um, you got some cute. Who comes up with the ideas for the products? You or the women or you? No, yeah, mostly. Yeah, and we're not. You know, growing products. Our goal is to um, get some name recognition through, you know, T-shirts and tote bags sure. and so forth, and um, and to help, you know, with the money that we raise. So um, we're not really focused on the product side, as uh, although, you know, now that we have a nonprofit, we may be doing even more of that. Yeah, that'd be great, especially if, yeah. if they were, you know. Um, supporting women who are making things from different countries like Afghanistan. Or yeah. Yeah, there's lots of places them. to give money and to help, that's for sure. Absolutely. So what is next for you? Oh, my goodness. Are you fulfilled? Do, you know, is this it? You feel great? You know I'm, I'm always fulfilled. <laughs> so even even when I'm restless, I'm always fulfilled. And I yeah. think that's a really good lesson to not be always in want. Yeah, uh, but yeah. But to be grateful and feel full, you know. So um, right now I'm I'm just focused on keeping both venues, Vision Quest Consulting and the Magic Parties moving along. And um, Like that's not enough. <laughs> that's enough. That is enough. One is enough. And I'm having fun, especially um, with the TV show. My goal is to Yeah, be- let's talk about the TV show because not only do you have a TV show, you have a blog, you've got like – so many, you're a speaker, international speaker. Like, I mean, you've got a lot of things on your plate. But the TV show is very good. You're a wonderful host, I wanted to say. Thank you. And and let's let's talk about your guests. Like, who who do you bring on and well, how often we, do you do it? Yeah, we do it once a month. And um, we are, although we film, you know, local locally, local cable, we're in 20 towns now in Massachusetts and who've picked up our show. And... We also download to the Internet the special site for cable access television, and we're now in three or four states. So wow. 140,000 households have access to our show. Where's your um, studio? It's in Chelmsford. So is this, like a, is this like local cable? You get to yeah. go into their studio? Great. Yes. It's, yeah. very, it's local cable, and it's a great studio, and um, it's in Massachusetts, and um, Does it cost money? Is it free? Can no, people... local cable is free to its residents, or if you live there, or if you work in the town, and so um, it's free. And you know, there's stuff that you have to do in order to make it look sure. right that sometimes you have to pay for. Yeah. Um, but and it depends, of course, on your studio. So the studio that we're in is just great, and 
they have lots of resources and help and so forth. So we film once a month, and I have a guest on who it's an interview format at the moment, um, although I think that might change over time. Um, and I'm interviewing people who have found a gift and talent that seems um, – you know, impossible, really, that they've found it and that they've done something really magnificent with it. So I've had both men and women on, and uh, it's going really great. Good for you. Great. Wow. We, your family must be left. really proud of you. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I said your family must be very oh, proud. Oh, well, I think so, yeah, I think so. In the beginning, they thought, um, they laughed. <laughs> Really? Yeah, what are you doing, Magic What? What are you doing? I said, you just wait and see. Yeah. A really good thing that's going to help a lot of people. So, Isn't it amazing how, was it your kids? <laughs> no, it was my, my parents, my brother and sister. Oh, my, it, the lineup was long, actually. Wow. Isn't that yeah. amazing, especially after how successful you were? <laughs> well. Like, didn't you, you know? I don't, you know, and again, what does success mean? So, you know, for me, helping others and making a difference, that matters a lot to me. You, um, you have a Magic Party music CD, and I, and I know I asked you very late for the music. And, I know, and, I'm sorry, I couldn't get no, it. No, no, um, but it, it's, it's, the music is by Anna Huckabee Tull, and I can't want to go, she related to Jethro Tull. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. No. Um what what's the music about? Well, each song, so Anna is an award-winning singer and songwriter. She just happens to live nearby and she happens to be the magic party music goddess. And yeah. she's famous in her venue for her music. So she would be great to have on your show sometime and we can talk about that. But she yeah. just writes beautiful On my music, music. show. There you go. Oh, my yeah. gosh. She's fabulous. So she was on my TV show, and then from ju- the producers just listening to her taping our show, asked her if she'd like to have her own show on, wow. on TV. So she Well, she's good looking, too. That helps. <laughs> so she's beautiful. She's, yeah. she's a beautiful woman. And so her music is beautiful. So she picked songs that she felt and we felt were a good match for helping women awaken, discover, and you know, have courage. So that's sort of the theme of the CD. Okay. So Magic Party is, is it develops women spiritually, and and um, that's a, that's an important component, the spiritual component. I, I noticed that. Um, I think on on your bookmarkers or something, you you talk about the indigo blue, which opens up, you know, the third eye and the psychic um, intuitive powers, and and and. Um, it seems like it's something that's important. Well, when you know, many people use spirit to refer to different things. How yeah. we refer to it in magic parties is, you know, your inner voice that guides you if you can hear it. Yeah. Uh, towards where you're headed. And so that's a practice. That's a spiritual practice, I think. Being quiet enough in the busyness of our day-to-day lives to be quiet enough to hear. Wendy, um, we're just about out of time. Can you tell folks how to get in touch with you if they want to have coaching with you, if they want to bring you into their organization for leadership, visioning? How do they get you? Yes, thank you. So uh, email uh, websites are probably the easiest, www.visionquestconsulting.com. And for magic parties, it's uh, magicparties.com. Thank you so much for being my guest tonight. It was wonderful speaking to you. You're just absolutely an amazing woman. Well, you are so welcome, and I'm honored that you asked and um, delighted to have been here, Frankie. Thank you. Time goes so quickly on this show. It does. Oh, my God. I know, I know. And I apologize for the beginning. I, you know, it's out of my control, but what can you do? Just It's show business. Just go on. <laughs> <laughs> it all worked out. So it all worked you. out great. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and I'll see you next week. And thanks again, Wendy. It was wonderful talking to you. Take care. Have a great night. night. Bye-bye. Thank you, too. Hey, Houston. For a limited time at VisionWorks, you can get two complete pairs of glasses 
frames, lenses, the works for just $49 on single vision glasses and $89 on progressives. And that's a good deal. But we offer that pricing on over 500 frames, which makes it a great deal. Right now, buy two complete pairs of single vision glasses for just $49 or two pairs of progressives for only $89. Vision Works, we're here to help you. Some restrictions apply. See store for details. Offer expires November 10th. Hey, Houston. For a limited time at VisionWorks, you can get two complete pairs of glasses, frames, lenses, the works, for just $49 on single vision glasses and $89 on progressives. And that's a good deal. But we offer that pricing on over 500 frames, which makes it a great deal. Right now, buy two complete pairs of single vision glasses for just $49 or two pairs of progressives for only $89. VisionWorks. We're here to help you. Some restrictions apply. See store for details. Offer expires November 10th.